Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. So if you think about Rails Bank sits in the middle, we create that bridge that allows traditional financial services companies like banks and balance sheet partners and lenders to essentially lend two customers that exist inside of the app ecosystem. And then we help the apps develop financial products without the full investment of the underlying infrastructure. That was Dove Marmore, the COO of North America at Rails Bank, and he is our special guest this week. This is episode 74 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. And hey, before we get started, if you happen to office in Houston, Austin, or North Texas, check out Fuse Workspace, where their mission is to help others do more. Check them out at fuseworkspace.com. Okay, back to the show. Dove grew up in Miami, spent 13 or 14 years in New York, and now lives in Los Angeles with his wife and three kids and dog named Batman. He got his undergraduate degree at the University of Maryland and his master's at Cornell. Rails Bank is a platform that allows any company to become its own fintech. The company has been around for four years, is headquartered in the UK, has about 200 plus customers on the platform and 3 million end users, and is now live on three continents. Rails Bank has gone to market in the U.S. with a credit card as a service model. There are four verticals within fintech that they target, including lending, neobanks, investment and personal finance, and cryptocurrency. Outside of fintech, their customers are major brands like large tech companies, large retailers, airlines, basically anyone that has a co-branded credit card today. One key differentiator for Rails Bank is the fact that they built their product from the ground up and all their APIs are country agnostic. So it really removes the headache of starting a credit card or debit card in one country, then having to find another vendor to launch in another country. Dove is passionate about building tools to help other people innovate. Personally, he's passionate about seeing his kids excel. We've got a great episode today, so let's get started. Hi, Dove. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Sure. So I grew up in Miami, went to undergrad at University of Maryland, grad school at Cornell, spent 13, 14 years in New York, and then moved out to Los Angeles. And that's where I reside today. So Miami to New York to LA, you've covered all corners. That's right. Yeah, I missed the warm weather. So back in paradise. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about Rails Bank. So tell the audience what Rails Bank does. So Rails Bank is a platform that allows any company to become its own fintech. Similar to how Uber allowed anyone to become a taxi driver, Airbnb allowed anyone to become a hotelier. Rails Bank essentially puts the infrastructure in place that allows anyone to build their own fintech product. So the company has been around for four years, started in the UK. We have about 200 plus customers on the platform, around 3 million end users. We're live on three continents, so in Singapore, Europe, UK, and the US, and soon to be Australia. And with our push into the US, essentially we moved from being payments, banking, debit, and adding a credit element, where in the US we've gone to market with a credit card as a service platform that utilizes 
the existing Rails Bank infrastructure and just adds that additional piece on it to allow us to build this new financial product that we think is the next big thing. So are there specific verticals that are better than others for your product? Yeah, so obviously the one most people think of first is the fintech vertical. So we've seen a huge amount of disruption of new fintech companies coming in and taking off microbytes of the financial services ecosystem. So we have really four verticals across fintech, lending, neobanks, investment, personal finance apps, and cryptocurrency. All those are just seeing tremendous explosion, tremendous growth. And most of them don't have a credit card product yet because banking as a service platforms didn't exist to build them. And that's kind of the next logical step in most fintech companies' roadmaps. So that's kind of one area. And then the other area I would call non-fintech. So you've had you know, major brands like Uber, Intuit, Google, Apple, you know, these large tech companies, as well as the large retailers, airlines, hotel brands, anyone who has a co-brand credit card today, which is essentially selling a bank's credit card that doesn't integrate to their app and really doesn't do much to facilitate their brand. We're bringing this capability of embedded finance where the credit card experience can live inside the customer journey and enhance it in ways that, you know, a standalone app can't. So that's kind of the other side of the market that we think is ripe for disruption. Okay. And when we think about embedded finance, I mean, that's a broad term. So do you see beyond the credit card as a service kind of thing, there's more financial products that you guys see coming? Oh, yeah. So the idea of embedded finance, the best example that everybody knows is Uber, right? So Uber built embedded payments into their user experience. So when I get out of a car, my bill is paid. And that's one of the things people love the most about the Uber ecosystem. Embedded finance is the ability to build financial services capabilities into third-party ecosystems and have them function with the other elements of that ecosystem, right? So get out of a car, a payment gets made. Swipe a card, I buy a stock. Swipe a card, I pay down a portion of the flight that I want to buy. So embedded finance is about basically creating delightful user experiences that tie payments or banking or credit to the primary service that that company creates for its customers. Okay. And you said the company's been around four years. How long has it been here in the U.S.? We launched here in August of last year. So relatively new. Okay. Okay. And it's based out of where? Out of Los Angeles and Santa Monica. Okay. I mean, realistically, we started during COVID, so we're basically based in the cloud. But, uh, <laughs> like everyone today, we'll right? be based eventually. <laughs> right, I gotcha. Okay, and then the company's headquarters is in, in England? Yep, out of the UK. So we're a very global company. We have offices in the UK, in Munich, in Singapore, in the US, in Vilnius, Lithuania, in Australia. I believe we've opened now in Philippines and Malaysia as well. So we have offices really all around the world at this point. Okay, and how big is the company? So we are... 250 or so employees, 200 customers. So pretty large company on three continents at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what would you say differentiates your company from your competitors out there? So the first thing, and it's a really cool concept, is that banking as a service or embedded finance companies have always been developed from a regional perspective. Right. So if you want to build a banking product in the U.S., you use one company. If you want to move it to Europe, you have to sign with another company. If you want to move it to Asia, you have to sign with another company. And that's because financial services are inherently domestic. And when we talk about embedded finance of sort of how do you build financial products into the products that all of us know and love, so think about global marketplace platforms, global apps, things like that. One of the 
problems we set out to solve was, how do you allow a product manager to create a single product that operates globally in financial services? So one of the really cool things that differentiates us is we built this platform from the ground up where all of our customer-facing APIs are country agnostic. So there are things like open account, send money, receive money, check transactions. And then the concept of Rails is that essentially we build combinations of legal constructs, partnerships, technology that allows us to power a financial product in multiple regions across the world. So if you build a credit card on the Rails Bank platform, it's going to work on multiple continents. If you build a debit card, it's going to work on multiple continents. So if you think about the value of that for a major tech app that operates all around the world, they essentially only have to build their fintech embedded product once and they can power it anywhere. So that's kind of one is global from the ground up embedded finance platform. The second one on credit cards specifically is that today that you really have two options. You can get a white label co-brand from a major bank, which is essentially you selling the bank's credit card. It's the bank's experience. It's it's separately. The bank's name is on it. And a lot of today's brands and a lot of today's fintechs, they want the bank to sit in the background and they want their brand and their experience to be front and center. So that's the first problem that we solve is we sit in the background and allow the customer to bring their own design and experience to financial services in a way that works for their customers. The second thing is if you wanted to build it yourself, you know, if you looked at this 10 years ago, you had to put together every piece of the ecosystem. So you had to put together a bank sponsorship and a credit line and a processor relationship and a card fulfillment relationship and legal constructs and compliance policies and kind of all these other items. So just the groundwork and just putting in the foundation of being able to launch a credit card for your customers was an 18 to 24 month multi-million dollar investment. And if you think about the agile methodology of, of most tech companies, it was really just too high of a barrier to entry. Even if they could develop a better product, it was a little bit too difficult for them to enter the market. So the other piece that we've done is we've actually gone through all that pain. So we've put together all the different backend partnerships, all the technology, all the legal constructs, everything that you need to launch a credit card. We've made it really simple, delivered with simple pricing via a single set of APIs, super developer friendly. So you just deal with Rails Bank and you basically start your product 80% of the way down the path. And just the final components are how you're going to tweak a credit card in order to make it embed within your experience and make it serve your customers in a way that's different. So the other problem we solve is really time to market. Okay. Do you go to market just direct or through partnerships or how do you go to market? Really, the market has somewhat come to us, which has been really inspiring. So, you know, like I said, everybody who's built a fintech company is looking to credit cards next and there's not many of us out there who can do that. So a lot of the time is companies find us, but essentially our target customer, it's a B2B relationship. So it's a company that wants to build a credit card or a debit card or a payments app for their customers. And they utilize the Rails Bank platform as a single turnkey solution to be able to do that. Okay. Do you see in the future payments companies offering this as a service to their customers? What would you mean by payments companies? Let me kind of double click on that for a second. So like maybe an ISO that likes to resell products and provide different value to their end customer. I got you. So ISO typically sits on the acquiring side of fintech. So that's basically the ability to accept credit cards. If you think about our platform, it's building accounts and payments products and others. So essentially, it's the company not accepting payments, but actually building their own financial products. So I think it's kind of two different verticals that exist within fintech. 
Right. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that part was clear. Where do you see payments or this industry headed in the next, say, two to three years? So I think brands are going to be the banks in the future. So essentially, customers are going to still access their financial services from banks. The banks provide custody, they provide regulation, they provide a lot of value in terms of financial ecosystem. But customers no longer go to acquire a bank account at a branch. They no longer seek to even acquire a bank account on the internet looking up a bank's logo. Typically, now they're being offered financial services in the top tech company apps or the things that they always go to anywhere that their friends are using. So if you think about Rails Bank sits in the middle, we create that bridge that allows traditional financial services companies like banks and balance sheet partners and lenders to essentially lend to customers that exist inside of the app ecosystem. And then we help the apps develop financial products without the full investment of the underlying infrastructure. I like to use a nice analogy. If you look in the food business, there's a concept of a co-packer. So if you're a chef and you develop a cookie recipe and it's loved by all of your customers, and then you want to sell that cookie through Whole Foods to all the different customers that Whole Foods supports in the world, you need an entirely different skill set from being a chef to actually creating a wholesale manufacturing and distribution operation. So option one, you go down the path of actually building a manufacturing facility, which costs you millions of dollars and you have to hire an expert team. And let's say you do get a Whole Foods order, but three months later, Whole Foods decides they're going to start baking your cookie in-house. Now you're bankrupt and out of business, right? Or your customers don't like a certain aspect of the way you manufacture your cookie at scale and you need to tweak it quickly. So those are kind of issues that exist within the food industry that have been resolved by co-packers. So a co-packer invests in all the manufacturing equipment, all the wholesale buying relationships, all the distribution partnerships, everything like that. And then they manufacture food for a variety of different brands that are essentially experts at creating brands and recipes and distribution and all that. That concept until now didn't exist for financial services, but Rails Bank is essentially a co-packer of financial services. We invest in all that financial infrastructure and the expert teams to run it. And then we manufacture products for a variety of different companies that want to build unique financial products for their customers. So Rails Bank is the trend. Rails Bank is the trend. It's, it's the, definitely the infrastructure trend. AWS is kind of doing it in database architecture and cloud systems. Rails Bank's doing it in financial infrastructure. Hey, everyone. As you know, I've worked in the payment space for a long time. A lot has changed over the years, and we talk about those changes a good bit on the show. But some things in this industry never change. For example, attrition is always a concern, and so is your bottom line. And PCI non-compliance fees will always be a part of the industry, driving that bottom line, but also keeping us up at night, worrying about that attrition, especially when the inevitable PCI non-compliance fee hike is underway. That's why I'm excited to bring in Company.com as a sponsor. Right when you're increasing fees, give your merchants something of value too. The Company.com security suite is the perfect way to add value by offering a real-time security dashboard with antivirus, expert tech support, anti-phishing software, dark web scanning, and more. Company.com offers various product assortments and solutions that have proven to reduce merchant attrition for years now, and this new security suite that complements your current PCI program will be a game-changer for you. Learn more at www.company.com or email securitysuite at company-corp.com. The link is also on our website. 
And now back to my interview with Dove Marmore, the COO of North America for RailsBank. So you feel pretty confident the next couple of years is just going to be hyper growth with your existing products, say, where do you see it moving to maybe out five or 10 years from now? So I think the brands that we love are going to be the largest providers of financial services in the future. And what I think is really interesting is that they think differently than banks. A credit card can only be so cool as a standalone banking product, but it can do a heck of a lot more things if you embed it into a third-party experience. And I think we're just going to see things that none of us have even imagined before in terms of the types of things you can do with a financial product. So I don't think anyone ever thought of, you don't have to type in your credit card information in order to make a payment. I don't think anyone ever thought of a debit card that buys you stock with every transaction. So in each iteration, we're going to see more and more unique processes of thinking that go on through these brands. And we're going to see a credit card, you know, 10 years down the line that looks nothing like it does today. Yeah. Things we haven't even thought of yet. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. Tell us about your journey to your role there as the COO of North America at RailsBank. Yeah, it's an interesting journey, actually. So I started in fintech probably about six, seven years ago, launching the U.S. business for a company called Currency Cloud. Currency Cloud was one of the early platforms that allowed you to build a cross-border payments business. So you could create a Western Union competitor in six weeks. And the founder of Currency Cloud is actually the current founder and CEO of RailsBank. So this is our second run doing this together. And the aha moment was really, there's just a lot of value in empowering innovators to create products and bringing down the barriers to entry in financial services. So Currency Cloud kind of addressed version 1.0 of the embedded finance revolution of kind of building unique and differentiated payments experiences. From there, I went to Green Dot, where I built out their banking as a service business. So Green Dot is one of the largest banking as a service platforms. They run programs for Apple, Uber, Walmart, Intuit, Stash, Wealthfront, a bunch of other companies. And their competitive edge was they owned a bank and they had a lot of the infrastructure in-house. We allowed companies to use that infrastructure to develop their own financial products. And it was a fantastic journey. Coming over to RailsBank was really about saying, look, can we facilitate version 3.0 of the fintech revolution and allow companies to build their own credit card products? And I know Nigel from the past, you know, we've had a great experience working together before. He saw that same vision and RailsBank actually had three quarters of the technology already built because essentially a credit card is creating an account and managing that account via an API, which we do today, creating a card and managing that card via an API, which we do today. And essentially, if you add the APIs to issue a credit line and tie that credit line to that card and to that account, you have a credit card. So we kind of entered the market in a very unique position of being able to kind of support rapid growth in this industry. Okay. Maybe talk a little bit about your specific roles and responsibilities, what you're doing today as COO there. Yeah. So I'm responsible for go-to-market, which is essentially, you know, building out our credit card as a service platform, as well as the U.S. team that's going to build and operate that program. We're at 20 now, soon to be at 30. So we're rapidly expanding the team quite quickly. And then kind of sitting under my organization, we have product operations, customer risks, so all the different business units that essentially, you know, create the end-to-end ecosystem of operating a credit card. 
Okay. So is that the typical model is that Rails Bank has an in-country sort of team that gets developed in each country as you expand? Yeah. You know, one of the key learnings of people who have built global businesses before is typically you can't just take a product from one market and think it's going to work in another. You have to hire an expert team that understands the ecosystem of a new country and essentially can take a look at the existing product and figure out how do you modify it? How do you tweak it? Keeping as much original as possible, but those modifications allow you to enter a new market. So I think, you know, Rails Bank's initial product needed some tweaks to come into the U.S. market. And we have a, a team of experts here that kind of understand what those market differences are and how to build products around them. Okay. Okay. So what are some of the things that you're passionate about? Maybe one professional and one more personal. Professionally, I'm really interested in building tools that power other people to innovate. So rather than needing to have the idea myself and kind of build a single sort of product company, you know, I like to be able to work on a variety of different projects, essentially providing the core building blocks that allow really smart people to develop kind of new visions for products that we've all kind of gotten comfortable with for a really long time. That's one of the things I love the most about this role is essentially we launch many programs on top of those same core building blocks and no two programs end up being the same. And the people that are building those programs and the people that are building those products are absolute geniuses. And they just have completely new views on how to integrate financial services into ecosystems you and I might have never thought of. And that's made me more and more passionate in this space with every year that I go on here is just kind of seeing the types of results you can get when you power smart people to do incredible things. From a personal perspective, one of my top jobs is being a dad. I have three little kids, absolutely love raising them, teaching them, seeing them kind of flourish. My wife and I are probably the two most sarcastic people you ever meet. And now my son has actually, you know, developed a sarcastic sense of humor at five years old, which is the funniest thing to ever watch. He told my nanny the other day that my dad was coming to town. He says, my grandfather's name is Clover. She goes, Clover? That's a weird name. She said he went on with this Clover thing for five, 10 minutes until finally he said, you know, I'm just messing with you, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and then you must have pets as well if you have three kids. Yep, I have an Australian Shepherd named Batman. And oh, that's uh, great. he has recently learned how to open doors with a doorknob. So uh, if, you, if you want a challenging, really smart dog, I would take a look at the breed. <laughs> Sounds like it if it can open doors. We have little ones that could come like a quarter of the way up the door. So I don't think we well, have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, I always like to ask this next question. And I think it'll be interesting to hear your response just because of your background and experience and, and even the company that you work in today. But, you know, I started in payments, very traditional, you know, worked at a big processor, Chase Payment Tech, went to First Data. Then I was out on my own, but I've been in the industry 16 years now. And, you know, when I started, it was just payments and there was not like a real career path. People didn't come out of college looking to get into payments. It just sort of happened. But I think that's changed. I think there are colleges now that teach fintech courses and there's a lot of investment, obviously, in payments and fintech. So people see it as a career path, whether that's coming right out of college or even wanting to change you know, careers or change industries and, and come into fintech or payments. So what would your advice be to someone maybe coming right out of school, they're looking at fintech, what would you tell them that they should do to be successful? 
So start doing the work early. I think do your research in terms of which companies are doing really innovative things in the space. Start to follow different thought leaders on LinkedIn that are contributors to the community on social. Take classes in school that are focused on fintech. So I actually teach a class at Cornell. It's a fintech intensive where I have three teams of MBAs that compete on you know, a variety of different projects this year. They're creating credit card products for three different industries. Find opportunities to put yourself in the position to actually work in fintech even before you actually get a job. That's going to help you build relationships. It's going to help you speak intelligently in your meetings and in your interviews. Uh, I think fintech is just a fantastic industry to get into. It combines so many different disciplines. So I highly encourage you know new graduates to think about joining. For me, it was just interesting that you know when I graduated, finance was where you wanted to be. That was where the good jobs were. So you join finance, and then you know post two thousand eight, finance wasn't cool anymore, and everybody wanted to move into tech. And you know fintech was just this incredible bridge that could take you from one market into the other. And we went from wearing suits to wearing jeans. And, uh, you know, we went from looking solely at margins and bottom line profits to really looking at more metrics like growth and customer satisfaction and customer delight. So it's just a very, very interesting kind of shift from one to the next. And uh, very, very highly encourage anybody who's thinking about it to try out this industry. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot of ground from the company to your background and some personal things about you. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap up? No, I think you covered a great bunch of topics. So it was a pleasure being your guest. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you being on. So thanks so much for your time. I know it's very valuable. I really appreciate it. So again, thank you so much, Dove, for being on the show. Anytime. Pleasure to be here. Thanks again. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 